Hi, welcome to Astro Babble. I'm Donna from Donna B Astrology. And I'm Linda from Scullywag Astrology. And today we are going to be talking about the full moon in Virgo. We'll also cover a stone as well as the uh, aspects that will be coming with that. The moon mansion is the eighth moon mansion, according to Christopher Warnock's book. Um, it is Aljabaha. I think is how you enunciate it. It is good for buildings, incarcerating prisoners, as well as it's good for power, success, aid in, re in recovery, in healing, improvement, and um, a support with your allies. Very interesting. It is of the nature of Mars and Jupiter. Well, that's so, interesting because we've got that are... Mars, Jupiter, a uh, square coming up later so hmm so this will be reflective of it <laughs> yeah interesting chart uh moon full moon in virgo so this full moon is ruled by mercury and mercury is opposite it unfortunately mercury is in pisces where it's in detriment and fall so but what's kind of interesting is later on when we get to the aspects, we're going to have a Mercury Kazemi when the Mercury and the Sun come together. But that it's going to be very, very closely tied with Saturn as well. So very interesting. A lot going on in Pisces in the next two weeks. Mm. Yes, there is. Yes, and the full moon is going to be happening at five degrees of Virgo. So. Five degrees, 23 minutes. Mm -hmm. And it's just for the record, it's June, or <laughs> it's February 16th today that we're, we're recording. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so uh, Mars and Venus and Pluto cannot see this full moon. They're in a version. So that's helpful in that Mars and Pluto kind of, you know, they're not aware or... I don't know if not aware, but yeah, they kind of can't have a strong effect on this full moon lunation. Uh, but unfortunately, Venus, which is a benefic, can't either. Can't Jupiter either. can see this full moon. It's uh, a trine. So that's interesting. That's nice. And we do have Saturn opposite this full moon, which is really interesting because, as I said earlier, we're going to have a sun mercury saturn conjunction um i think it's on the 28th yes the 28th of february is going to be quite interesting <laughs> and full moons are all about completions or high points or endings it's like the harvest so it may have something to do with something you started at the new moon in Virgo which would have been about six months ago and um Linda and I did a episode on why you should read your rising sign so when we go to do the horoscopes try to pay attention to your rising sign if you don't know your rising sign you can either go to AstroSeek or contact Linda or I to help you with getting your chart mm -hmm. you will need to know your birth time what's really interesting with and it's going to occur in the opposite house for all the um, zodiac signs is opposite 
is Pisces, which has that conjunction, the Mercury, Sun, Saturn conjunction, which is going to be really interesting. So the full moon's putting a, a spotlight because the full moon's very bright on the house, you know, the relevant house for each uh, zodiac sign. But in the opposite house, there's going to be a lot of focus too. So there may be kind of like this juggling you know, and it's kind of seems to me like a lot of it's going to be very heavily weighed in the Pisces house. So, yeah, it could be just kind of keeping a lot of balls up in the air for everybody, I think. Okay. And if you are a Virgo rising, this is going to be happening in your first house, this full moon. And the full moons, like Linda had said, are all about culminations or peaks or, or you know, finishing or Things are coming to fruition at that time. And in the first house, so if you were planning a new wardrobe or some kind of update to yourself, this is when that's probably going to um, culminate. And um, anything that you have to do with just yourself, this is the house where you have your where it's going where you have started at maybe about six months ago. And if you are a Leo ascendant, this full moon is going to be happening in your second house. Second house is the house to do with our income and our personal finances and resources. So there may be some high point culmination or completion to do with these matters. Maybe, you know, you've been working towards some special project and you get that bonus from work at this time, or there's some sort of income coming to you at this time. Uh, could be you know, maybe you're finally able to gain a very helpful resource, something that assists you. Uh, but as I was saying before, the opposite house, that eighth house is very closely, um, it's got a lot going on. We've got Neptune there, which will come in later, which may cloud some things, but we've also got Mercury. It's going to conjunct the sun, which is a Kazemi, and that does tend to bring kind of innovative thoughts uh, leading up to the Kazemi, the sun, not the sun, uh, Mercury is overshadowed by the sun and Saturn, which is hard work and discipline, is kind of hidden by the sun as well. So there's kind of like when it comes to shared finances and resources, uh, maybe a lot of things going on behind the scenes or not awfully visible uh but there may be some aha moment at this time and um yeah you know maybe this completion allows you to move on to something else with pooling resources from another or investment it may have something to do with taxation insurance loans debts you know, or it could be, you know, we've also got quite a lot going on in the seventh house of, you know, your partnerships. And the eighth house is also the business, um, not the business, the money of the partner. So, yeah, there's a lot going on there. Also got uh, Jupiter and Uranus in your 10th house at this time. And this applies for everybody. You know, that full moon is on one side of the chart. All the other planets are between Aquarius and uh, Taurus. So it's very kind of just certain parts are being really kind of quite highlighted. But yeah, some high point for your personal finances, but there may be um, 
eureka moments or kind of genius ideas or you have some sort of realization about matters to do with shared finances and resources if you are a cancer rising this full moon is going to be happening in your third house and the third house will be combinations of things that have to do with your close community, your early education, as well as brothers, sisters, and uh, your extended family. Aunts could even be in there. You know, and this is, like Linda had said, the opposite side of this chart is very, very busy. It's, it's um, this is going to be, you know, opposing, you know, your spiritual house, your higher education house. So this is the uh, or legal matters as well. So, but but the full moon is is the culminations that happen around the third house and the third house issues, and you know, that could be uh, interesting with all of the aspects that are on the opposite side of the chart that that full moon is kind of looking at. It's it's opposite. Like I do opposites, kind of like two toddlers over a coffee table. You know, they both come up at the same time and, they, and they're and they just looking at it. It's like, what are you going to do? So this is kind of that energy. It's like, what are you going to do? <laughs> and definitely the, the, the moon is shining a light on it. And if you are a Gemini ascendant, this full moon is happening in your fourth house. The fourth house has to do with our parents, our home and living situation, real estate matters, heritage. So there may be a high point culmination or an ending to do with one of these matters. It may have nothing to do with you. It may concern more your parents. Uh, there's also a very strong focus on 10th house career and public reputation opposite this house at this time. There's going to be... Um, a conjunction of Mercury, Sun and Saturn in that house. So there may be a sudden kind of may seem like a revolution. Well, not revolutionary, a sudden kind of idea that like a realization um, perhaps where you need to be putting your something that may take a while and uh, may require a lot of discipline but should pay off for you in some manner. Uh, it's interesting that this is happening more or less not long after. So four days after this um, full moon, maybe whatever was needed to be completed in the um, family sphere or to do with your home and living situation. Now that's completed. This is kind of like, okay, now I can move on to this career matter and, you know, you're kind of thinking and kind of planning and you've had some really bright idea, hopefully. <laughs> and if you are a Taurus rising, um, <laughs> this is going to be happening. This full moon is going to be happening in your fifth house and the fifth house is the house typically of children or things that you create. It is also the house of hobbies or the things that um, you do as hobbies. Maybe like go to a concert or, you know, a sporting game. This is the when things will be coming, coming to a culmination. So if you bought tickets six months ago to something, this might be that you're finally attending, you know, said concert. Or you know, th something might be coming to a culmination with your children. They might be finishing up something or um, having things come to fruition for them. So this is an interesting time to watch uh, as far as even with 
even with uh, things your hobbies if you're if you are a painter you might be finishing up something that you are painting so but you know like we said keep you know and with Taurus you've got that Uranus and Jupiter in your first house so things you know are planning on um going to be a little bit more uh, adventurous because <laughs> um, sometime soon <laughs> Yeah, well, we've got that um, Mars coming up to square that Jupiter in the first from the tenth. That will be interesting. Oh, sure. And if you these are, are not uninteresting times, <laughs> <laughs> that's the um, ancient Chinese curse, isn't it? May you live in interesting times. <laughs> uh, and if you are an Aries ascendant, the full moon is happening in your sixth house. The sixth house is to do with illness, pets, and service to others. It can include employees. So this could be somebody that is literally an employee, or it might be somebody that you have a supervisory uh, rollover at the, in a workplace. <clears throat> Excuse me. It could be... Um, something as simple as a tradesperson uh, working in your home or doing some service for you. And it also includes those that, you know, work for, you know, the public, I suppose, or the greater good, doctors, nurses, first responders, etc. So there may be a high point uh, completion or ending uh, to do with these matters. It may be... Um, Maybe you've completed um, some nursing degree or a doctorate degree. I don't know if you call it a doctor. Maybe, maybe you know, somebody's graduating as a doctor or a nurse or in some sort of course of study to do with some similar uh, profession where you work um, for the greater good. You're kind of of service to others. It could have something to do with a pet it could have to do with an illness. Hopefully this may be the end of an illness. We do have a lot going on in your 12th house of your undoing though. Um, but you know, like this is Kazemi, like a Mercury Kazemi. And there will also be a Saturn Kazemi with the sun. And Kazemi is like when you have the ear of the king. And in this case, the king is the sun. It's kind of like, you know, you're some subject of the king and you've come in and, you know, you've got his ear for this time and, you know, it's just, a, you know, it's a special meeting sort of thing. Makes me think particularly with regard to illness, maybe it could be like, you know, these bad habits, these addictions, the self-defeating thoughts, habits, whatever. You know, they say that the first thing, you know, you need to want to, get help and you know it's no good people wanting to fix you you've got to want that yourself and maybe this mercury kazemi in the case of if it is something that is kind of uh what's the word self-inflicted in some manner um maybe this is the beginning of you know a completion there you know maybe there is overcoming an addiction or something there which would be certainly very positive interesting that we've still got neptune in that house 
um, and Neptune, amongst other things, can be associated with uh, drugs and other substances, alcohol, etc. But yeah, high point, culmination or completion to do with one of those matters. And if you are a Pisces rising, this is going to be happening, this full moon is going to be happening in your seventh house. And the seventh house is the house of the other, the one other person, the type of relationships that you have with one other person and the relationship is a committed relationship, whether it is a long-term committed relationship with, you know, a married spouse or, you know, a committed relationship with your dentist or a hairstylist, it's, it's still a commitment. And that is, that's what the seventh house represents are those one-on-one -on -one relationships, even a friend. Um, so this is going to be happening in your seventh house and it'll be things that are culminating you do have you know those those other aspects that are going to be happening with this full moon that you need to be mindful of um but yeah this is this is that messages that you with mercury and that sun kazemi right almost across or almost kazemi it's not quite a kazemi yet but that's definitely messages and and something maybe you ought to be paying attention to so this will be happening you know, things that are fruition, like if you made an appointment six months ago with uh, some kind of a doctor or some kind of committed relationship, this might be coming to fruition. If you started something six months ago with your, you know, a very good friend and you want to finish it or, or, you know, go on that trip or excursion you were planning on doing, this might be the time when you, you do that. Get together for lunch, whatever. <laughs> Those kinds of things. Nice. If you are an Aquarius ascendant, this full moon will be happening in your eighth house. The eighth house is the house of shared finances and resources. This can include things such as inheritances, loans, debts, venture capital. You know, it could be something like, you know, you're pooling your resources with, um, somebody particularly a partner it could be the partner's money whether that's a business partner or a romantic partner um it could be also like the you know you're going through a divorce and this is a financial settlement that's being uh agreed to on this time um yeah there is a lot going on in your house of your personal finances and there are likely in about well, in four days from this full moon, there will be a Kazemi uh, with Mercury and the sun. So this is often kind of aha moments, you know, like great ideas, inspired ideas. And uh, there's Saturn very close to that Kazemi at the time. And uh, Saturn's quite practical and down to earth, you know. Maybe there is some money coming in from some source, whether that's a bank, uh, insurance company, uh, taxation, something to do with that in an inheritance. Maybe there's money coming in and that will become your personal money, you know, as opposed to, you know, other people's money. It's in your hands sort of thing. And yeah, maybe you've got some really good ideas about what you want to do with that, with Saturn, with that uh Kazemi kind of grounds it a little bit which is probably just as well because that Kazemi is happening in a sign where Mercury is not awfully strong 
And if you are a Capricorn rising, this full moon is going to be happening in your ninth house. And the ninth house is the house of higher education, publishing, legal matters, philosophy, even uh, astrology, uh, religion as well. Those things, the worldly views that you have, even foreigners. So if you are planning on, you know, taking a trip this might this trip might be coming to culmination if you are a capricorn rising if you have a legal matter this that maybe started six months ago it might be coming to a culmination around this time if you started writing a book it might be coming to publishing around this time so it's it's all these things that are coming to fruition or culmination with associated with full moons and in the ninth house, that's where this will be happening if you are a Capricorn rising. And if you are a Sagittarius rising, this full moon will be happening in your 10th house. The 10th house is to do with our career and public reputation. It uh, could be that there's been a big project at work that's coming to an end at this time, or it could be that something you know more personal is happening at this time. For whatever reason, there's the spotlight, the full moon in your 10th house, which is a very visible house. You know, you could be getting married, you could be honoured or rewarded in some way. You know, maybe you're being recognised for something at this time for whatever reason you're gaining more attention at this time makes me wonder too with so much activity in the fourth house not long after this full moon whether there's going to be a strong focus on fourth house matters such as parents your home and living situation and um, real estate matters after this mm, there's just a strong focus on the op the opposite side of the chart the moon is kind of wrapping up whatever's happening in that 10th house but yeah so you can soon expect not just fourth house matters but um yeah there's going to be a lot of ideas and maybe quite a revolutionary or not revolutionary quite a an idea worth noting around about the 28th so it's something to kind of think about and it may have something to do with your parents or your home or real estate matters and if you are a scorpio rising this full moon is going to be happening in your 11th house and the 11th house is your house of your hopes and dreams as well as your groups and associations so if you were planning on doing anything with a big group this might be coming to culmination around this time with uh, if you were planning on joining a, a sports team, this would be a, a time where you might, you know, be winning it or having your banquet for it. I know a lot of leagues were going on in the wintertime in the Northern Hemisphere here. Um, so, yeah, things might be coming to fruition around this time. And if you are a Libra ascendant, this full moon is happening in your 12th house. The 12th house is the house of our undoing. It includes places of confinement, such as prisons or hospitals. It can also include places of retreat, like monasteries or spiritual retreats, or it can be just locking yourself away. It's also a place of exile. Um, so being far away from home, whether that's physically or even um, kind of mentally by, as I said, you know, just kind of, working behind the scenes, not 
kind of being out in the world as much. There is a strong focus on um, your sixth house at this time too, which amongst other things includes service to others and illness. Uh, full moons are about culminations, high points or endings. So there may be a high point or an ending to do with a self-defeating habit or perhaps an addiction or just a, a, yeah, a self-defeating habit, you know, something that's not particularly good for you. With um, that strong focus opposite in the sixth house of illness, maybe there's been a little bit of a wake-up call or maybe there will be because yeah, on the 28th, four days afterwards, there will be a Kazemi um, between Mercury, which is thinking and communications, and but also the Sun and Saturn. And Saturn's kind of responsible. Saturn is a planet of no, but it's also, it's about... It's not a quick fix. It's like, you know how, like they say, you know, with some things, it's not, you know, you just, it's a lifestyle. Like that's what's coming to my head. You know, maybe you're battling something that's not just like, oh, I stopped doing this, blah, blah, blah. This is a whole lifestyle change, which for somebody who's battling an addiction and whether that's to food or alcohol or narcotics or whatever, you know, there may be a whole new need to, you know, change your mindset and, um, yeah, all sorts of things. Anyway, um, or it could be just that, you know, you've been working behind the scenes, you know, on something secret and, uh, you know, you're getting ready to wrap that up and uh, bring that out into the world when we have the full moon in Libra. And the stone that I have, is azurite it is a blue stone a very blue stone it has it grows in masses or botryoidal and I, this is the botryoidal kind of way that it grows it's like that's probably where the matrix was so yeah very shiny very dark blue it's it comes it's it's a it's a very dark blue now that is the bitradial uh, way it grows this is in mass and this this stone grows and i'm talking about the blue part this is the azurite part cuz it also grows with malachite and malachite is a is a stone it's a copper based and that's why they grow together so that's so malachite is a copper based stone so is azurite is a copper based stone and they both grow together and this is them growing together in mass that's kind of uh interesting but these stones uh azurite works on your third eye and your crown and and the green stone will work on your heart so this is uh, this is a very good stone to connect the the heart and the and the third eye and and I wonder why um you know I end up getting stones and then after after I work with them for a while it doesn't really shock me anymore <laughs> why why I seem to have picked that one up but um this stone is good for yeah it's good for the third eye and I will be writing an article about it it is a very interesting stone uh and it would I would highly recommend that you if you can work with it and you have aspirations it, it helps with the intuition of your third eye if you have aspirations of trying to get that mental uh engine going 
Azurite is your stone to go for, and it has a most hardness of 3.5 to 4. So it's hard to wear that stone because it's so fragile and it and it and it breaks very easily. It'll crush very easily. So you, you really don't want to you don't want to have it as a ring, but it is a really good stone to have in your in your space, in your area to work with, working on your third eye and your if you can get it with malachite, it's it it'll it'll help with both of those getting those uh to the divine will going for the third eye and the heart together. I really like that for this um full moon, particularly with that uh Kazemi we have coming up in um Mercury. And I mean Mercury is the ruler of this full moon. And even kind of bringing in the chakra just before this full moon, we have the Mars Venus conjunction, and then Mars is going to square Jupiter. So very interesting. Resonates with the wind element. So mm -hmm. yeah, it it definitely has got that mercurial kind of vibe to it. So the first aspect we have is Venus is going to square Jupiter. And these are two benefics, and the aspect uh, a square is a is a is a challenging one. So it it is a generally nice kind of aspect, but do be aware that there could be challenges with this, and that would be overdoing anything. When when you have the the benefics together, it's the overeating, it's the overspending, the over over indulging over drinking over 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 lots of lots of leads to ex excesses that's for sure and uh you want to be mindful of that but otherwise if you can if you do not have an issue with um going overboard then this should be a great day at very very harmonious and enjoyable for sure on almost any of your activities so it's about three hours after the full moon this is happening on the 24th, so the same day as the full moon for those in the US anyway. Yeah, and that Venus is still very close to Mars. So that kind of, I mean, Venus, Jupiter aspects, like Donna said, there's that overindulgence. I think of, um, it's like the hangover, uh, too much of a good thing aspect. But with that Mars kind of quite close to, and it's going to come up and make its own square to Jupiter very soon. Yeah, there's the going too fast, being too hasty, and yeah, just overdoing it. And the next aspect who we're going to be talking about is going to be Mars will square Jupiter. And, you know, this is expansive aggression that's that's how i read jupiter and mars but this could also have you know if we all have free choice so um you know if you put your energy towards your your future goals this is a good aspect to do that under this will be very supportive for that um however be careful because accidents can be major you know if you're mars is that planet of not thinking things through and acting impulsively and when you do that and not think things through you can get hurt and so make sure that you're thinking about things thoroughly before you attempt to do anything i like this with also um it makes you uh decide to want to see the world if you are if you are a traveler and have that wanderlust then 
this might be a good aspect to book those cruise tickets, plane tickets, or wherever you want to go. Yeah, this is happening on the 27th. So this is three days after the full moon. Uh, we had uh, just after the full moon, we had the Venus square Jupiter, which was, you know, the too much of a good thing aspect. Now we've kind of three days later, we've got Mars coming up to square Jupiter. And as Donna said, it can be quite hasty and um, mm, can be a little bit aggressive because that Jupiter can inflame things. We also, the next day, the 28th, we're going to have uh, Kazemi between, which is when planets uh, conjunct the sun or within a degree of the sun, of Mercury, the sun and Saturn. So kind of thinking and good ideas out but that Saturn with the Kazemi is kind of indicates this is something that's going to take a while and then that Kazemi afterwards is like all those well the sun and Mercury are going to sextile Jupiter which all sounds very positive this just makes me think that maybe that's Mars it's going to be like a little bit hasty. You think you're on the right track and you're kind of like, aha, I'm going to put all my energy into here. And you may actually overdo it doing something and then kind of have to correct course maybe because, you know, there's this inspired idea when the next day, um, but it's going to be something that's going to take a long time and discipline and that. And uh, yeah, maybe that's what this, Mars square Jupiter might be. The next aspect we're going to be talking about is early Wednesday morning. Mercury will conjunct the sun. So get up early if you want to jump in on this uh, aspect's uh, energy. This is um, when Mercury conjuncts the sun. Mercury is going forward. So this is a, a, this is a nice aspect to uh, be thinking about. You know, as Linda had said earlier, this is the time when you have the king's, when when the Mercury has the king's ear. So this is a time when you can, when when basically Mar Mercury is getting its marching orders from the sun. It's <laughs> it's like saying, this is what you're going to do. This is the plan. Um, the, when, the, when any planet conjoins the sun, it starts a, a, a cycle. So this is Mercury just going through its cycles. This is on the 28th of February. Uh, we have Mercury, Sun, and Saturn all at nine degrees of Pisces. And Mercury has two conjunctions with the Sun. This is a superior conjunction when Mercury is direct. It also has a conjunction with the Sun when it's retrograde. This conjunction, it's unfortunate that it's in Pisces. And I say that as a Mercury in Pisces myself. But Mercury in Pisces is ruled by Jupiter. And, you know, Jupiter is the opposite of Mercury. Mercury is detail-orientated, Jupiter's big picture thinking. So you may have some inspired idea. Um, some people think of this as like being genius or, um, you know, an aha moment or eureka moment. With that, with Saturn so close, and Saturn is a planet that kind of demands discipline and endurance and, you know, groundedness. It's uh, very interesting. Uh, 
not long after the sun and Mercury are both going to make a sextile to the ruler of uh, them at this time, Jupiter in Taurus, because these planets are in Pisces and in traditional astrology, Pisces is ruled by Jupiter. So I think this idea has potential, possibly not the most rational idea. Maybe it does require big picture thinking or uh taking things a little bit more on faith but um inspired um but still it's got that satin there so it will be interesting i don't know make sure things don't get out of hand yeah and i mean the thing with kazemi's too is like you know leading up to the kazemi which is when it makes that conjunction with the sun it's overshadowed by the beams of the sun you know it's under the beams then it's combust where it's kind of burnt up and then it has like that kazemi which can be uh, like you know it's been likened to somebody on their sickbed who's been deathly ill and this is kind of like they've turned a corner they're not fully recovered because they still have to go through the other side of the sun it will be burnt up after this and still under the beams. But this can be a time of a great idea. You know, it just, it's not an idea that's usually put into practice immediately though, but it's kind of like, it's turning a corner for sure. So, hmm, it'd be interesting. And as Linda was talking about earlier, Mercury will conjunct Saturn. That's the next next aspect. And when Mercury conjuncts Saturn, it's a good time for serious talks or or serious brain work. This is a good time to pick up that that hard subject that you really need to study for. And uh, this should help you. Yeah, this is also on the 28th in the US at the time, because when we talk about a Kazemi, um, Donna and I are Hellenistic astrologers, so we kind of tend to believe, or a lot of Hellenistic astrologers believe, that the Kazemi is valid for one degree either way of the uh, conjunction with the sun. I, do you follow that or do you go with the medievals, Donna? When I'm working with a Hellenistic chart, I, I, I go with all the Hellenistic rules. Mm. So yeah, it's within it's within with it's within one degree mm. the modern the modern yeah <laughs> go ahead <laughs> well i i don't know what the moderns do i don't know if the moderns even pay attention to it but um definitely the medievals, um is it 16 or 17 minutes i think it's 17 minutes they only count it for 17 minutes um but even by medieval standards which is a lot stricter um mercury is still kazemi so in that brilliant kind of in the throne room of the king, in the having the ear of the king at this time when he meets up with Saturn. So this is really quite interesting. Um, and it's not a overly practical Mercury, uh, but this Saturn should give it some stability, even though Saturn, how strong is he at this time? Mm. Face. What's Only that? one who's not peregrine. <laughs> He's not Peregrine. He must be in his own decan, though. So that's something. Yeah, it should be interesting. 
generally speaking, Mercury conjunct Saturn does bring some sort of groundedness to that thinking communications may actually slow down thinking a little bit, maybe a little bit more conservative, which, you know, when it's in Pisces, it probably could do with a little bit of <laughs> groundedness. And the next aspect, oh, all these planets are all together. Sun conjunct Saturn is going to happen and it's still going to happen on the 28th. So we're still working all of these, all this planetary energy. And that is a lot for one day. You know, there's three things that are happening before, before dinner. So it's, it's going to be a, a very, it's going to feel like a very busy day. And when the sun is conjuncting set, when the sun is conjunct to Saturn, it, it's 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 starting a new cycle for Saturn. Every time the planets get on um, in the same lineup with the sun, it's they're they're starting that 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 cycle again, and uh, they're basically getting marching orders for what their plan is is for the the next year. Yeah, uh, Sun conjunct Saturn, so it's a Saturn Kazemi. This is going to be a brand new Saturn, a new cycle. Um, new discipline, new rules, new groundedness in the area to do with wherever Pisces is in your natal chart. Yeah, certainly a very strong focus during this time. And, you know, as I said earlier, Mercury, which is, it's moved beyond Saturn and the sun, it's a degree, well, not quite a degree away, uh, but they're all like Mercury and the sun are going to go up and sextile Jupiter, which is nice because Jupiter is a benefic and even Saturn, even though Saturn and Jupiter aren't going to perfect their sextile, they are very close or they will get closer, uh, which is interesting because, you know, I think there's been some heavy energy and we could certainly use a little bit of uplift from Jupiter. And the next aspect we're going to talk about is Mercury will sextile Jupiter. And this is a friendly aspect. And this just, it, it's, you know, when, when Mercury is the planet of messages, talking, communication, uh, as well as, you know, money, finances, and how those things work. It also, and well, the processes, that's what Jupiter, that's what, we, that's what Mercury likes to hone in on. And Jupiter is that more of the big picture. So they kind of have a, a weird go at it because they're, 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 they're kind of opposites, but they are, they are working harmoniously together. So let's try to get the, the grocery list narrowed down, you know, <laughs> I, I, that's how I'm, that's how I look at it. It's, it's like somebody wants to be so particular and detailed and somebody is like, let's just get dinner you know and we'll just make do with what we what we what we end up getting it, it's a it's um this could also I'll, I'll i'll speak about this this is also a time when religious spiritual studies might uh spur your interest as well as um faraway places might spur your interest so yeah. this is a, a, a funner one of the funner aspects for this this month yeah, Mercury sextile Jupiter. And I mean, Jupiter does rule this Mercury. So it's making a connection to its ruler, which is nice. Um, can tend to be, even with, I think, the sextile, I think, you know, maybe 
this is enthusiasm and optimism. Maybe, you know, things have been a little bit hard and, you know, it may be a little bit Pollyanna-ish or it may be a little bit over the top or pie in the sky, but I don't think it's destructive. It's not like delusional, though speaking of delusional, we've got Mercury coming up to Neptune later. But, um, yeah, I don't think this is negative. I think this is like, like, yeah, a bright spark. It's kind of like maybe a, a surge of optimism or hope for the future. It's, um, yeah, I, th I think it can be positive. We do have um, Mars coming up in this as well, which will be interesting because I think I'm hoping this Mars is going to be a direct reaction from this, as in like you get really enthusiastic and you kind of like, yeah, and kind of Mars kind of gets roped in to do something actually helpful rather than destructive. But that remains to be seen. And the next aspect we're going to talk about is will be the sun, it will sextile Jupiter. And, you know, when the sun sextiles Jupiter, a lot of people, this is can be considered a very lucky day. It definitely harmonious. You have the, you have Jupiter who is, ex, who likes to do that expansive kind of look and, and the sun is as well, wants to see growth. So this is a good day to plan for the future. Yeah, no, this is just enthusiasm, feeling good in yourself, maybe a little bit tempered by having sat and so close to that sun at the time that can kind of, you know, make things a little bit more serious and uh, not quite as fun. So this actually kind of helps balance that out a bit, I think. So, yeah, this is uh, definitely a bright needed aspect at this time. I think it's just, you know, that boost, that bit of buoyancy, bit of hope. You know, I wonder with that Saturn so close to that, the sun and, and Mercury, I'm wondering if we shouldn't be learning or listening to uh, our older population, like what's going on. Maybe the, we, maybe we could be learning something from somebody around us who might be older mm, or look to point. them for advice on solving solve situations. Because so, that Saturn just keeps on hanging around right here, you know, at the, mm, at the back mm. of your head, over your shoulder. It just seems like there might be there might be some good um, information or teaching from an older person that might be, that Saturn's trying to, you know, hone in on being right there at the shoulder of the sun and Mercury during this time. Good point. Good point. Yeah. Certainly could help uh, ground some of the, uh, <laughs> the energy, but um, yeah, I think this is definitely um, just, a shot in the arm at this time which is nice and I think probably needed by quite a few at this time and that's on the first of March and this one can be a tricky one it could be fun um, but it could be tricky so these are the ways that you want to look at this with Venus is going to square Uranus the the fun part is is this can give you a new opportunity to do something different with you're with you know a, a a venusian type of thing whether it's painting in a different style enjoying art in a different way um going to a different restaurant on a date or, or going on a different pattern with you know to, on a date bad part with it with a square with venus there you think that things are going to turn out nicely and with Uranus there, it could just go sideways. So don't take any of these, any encounters, any romantic encounters that, that happen to develop right around now 
Don't take them too seriously, as well as watch your spending, because you could be impulsive. I know it's not Mars, but Uranus is that little bit of, of we can do it, you know, <laughs> innovative ideas. And so you want to make sure that you're not overspending or overdoing almost any of the ideas and it, not taking it too seriously, because this is a square, so... Mm. that Mars is still pretty close. I mean, it's five degrees away, but um, it's still pretty close to that Venus. So Venus square Uranus, it could be tension in relationships. You know, maybe there's change that one partner doesn't feel comfortable with. Um, yeah, it could be attraction to different forms of art, beauty, um, different attracted to somebody very different to your usual type. Um, and this can sometimes result like in, yeah, it's, it's kind of sudden, quick, you know, like if there is a relationship at this time, as Donna said, you know, this isn't a, a satin aspect. This doesn't kind of usually have a lot of staying power, but it might be fun and exciting, and but it might be a whirlwind. And, you know, the problem with the whirlwind is it kind of is going to dump you eventually. So well, that doesn't sound very nice, does it? <laughs> but, uh, you know, you could get caught up in the whirlwind and then bang, you know, it, it's gone just as quickly, which can be a little bit discouraging. But, yeah. Yeah, just tension in relationships to do with change and freedom. You know, maybe one partner wants a bit more freedom or autonomy, or maybe they want to mix things up a bit, which, you know, is not what the other person wants. I was just about to say that, that's, that somebody want, might want independence and the mm. other person doesn't really want all that independent yeah and then talk about surprises mercury it will sextile uranus and this is a this can be a really good aspect if you are trying to learn math or technology or something new with that this is a good aspect with that this is a harmonious aspect so it should work out well no matter what you're planning on doing with between mercury and uh uranus they're going to sextile each other this could also be a bundle of nerves if you if you let it get out of hand. Yeah, this is happening on the 4th of March in the US. Mercury sextile Uranus could be great innovative ideas. This Mercury is in Pisces though. It is um, not the most rational Mercury. Uh, and it's also under the, well, it's combust the sun at this time. It's burnt up by the sun. So, hmm. But, you know, you might have some really great ideas. Um, they may not be the most practical. They may seem more mad scientist-like to a lot of people. But, you know, maybe keep them there. I mean, we've still got Saturn. And I mean that Mercury is getting away from Saturn. But hmm, maybe it can lend a little bit of groundedness there. But yeah, look, just great ideas or what you think are great ideas. They may be a little bit more madcap or harebrained, which is quite appropriate for early March, isn't it? So Pisces, <laughs> get those brainstorming cells going and working. Yeah. Um, way before Mercury conjuncts Neptune, because brainstorming eh, it could happen, but uh, you know, with Mercury and Neptune, it's 
you don't want to be signing any contracts during this. This is a it's it's considered a hard aspect by um, most people. Um, this is also a time where you could want to study spiritual or philosophy type subjects. This would be a, a good aspect for that to happen. Yeah, this is happening on the 8th of March. It is um, probably a really good aspect for creativity, for, you know, using your intuition. Uh, it is very creative. Great time for daydreaming and that. But as Donna said, you know, not not the time to be signing any heavy paperwork if you can help it, you know, double or triple or even quadruple check it. <laughs> Neptune just blows all those boundaries and, you know, Mercury's in pretty, it's not in good condition. It's in detriment, it's in fall and it's, it's under the beams. It's still, you know, overshone by the sun, not overshone, it's outshone by the sun. It's, yeah, it, it can't be seen. It's invisible beneath the sun's rays. Could be a good time for doing something a little bit secretive. And I mean, Neptune is associated with kind of deception and that. So maybe at this time, if you have any, what's the word, communications or, yeah, I'd say communications more than anything um, that kind of make you go, hmm, you know, maybe listen to that intuition. Maybe somebody is trying to pull the wool over your eyes. Um, yeah, that Mercury is hidden at this time. And uh, this could be a great time for idealistic or altruistic uh, thinking and uh, planning and conversations. But the not so positive um, side of Neptune can be deception. So with Mercury hidden under the beams and in pretty, um, pretty very... It's not in good condition. So, yeah, it's something to be aware of. If so if you get a message or you hear something and you think, mm, or, you know, that's not right or something, you know, maybe listen to that intuition. Maybe there is actually not all being revealed or maybe even just outright deception. So, yeah, that's the 8th of March. It's a really nice good warning because that is that does speak of a lot of unclear communication for sure. And, and I mean, it doesn't have um, to be all bad. I mean, like, you know, creativity, spirituality, and um, altruistic things, they're all a really good way to do that. And working behind the scenes to help others selflessly could be a good manifestation of that. But yeah, it's always good to be aware that, you know, the weather, astro weather is telling you, hmm, maybe just be a little bit more dubious of what you hear. And then the next aspect we're going to talk about is Mars will square Uranus. And that is explosive anger. That is also creative change. And this is great brainstorming. If you, if you want to move on anything, this could uh, help with the ideas of how to get something to work. Yeah. So that's at 5.30 on the East Coast on the 9th, 12 minutes later we're going to have a sun sextile Uranus. So we've got Mars coming up to square that Uranus. And, you know, that can be fighting for freedom. That can be um, 
a little bit hasty because they do both like to move quite quickly. And yeah, you know, this can be explosive. It's tension between wanting to move forward and wanting freedom. And, you know, there could be a tussle there and kind of impatience, you know, and Mars is in the superior position. He just wants to rush forward. I do like that we do have the sun coming up to sextile Uranus not long afterwards so this makes me think and I think that's yeah 12 minutes later um this makes me think that maybe you know for a lot of people breaking free of something you know um asserting your freedom or independence and breaking free of something it will be interesting mm. See, we've got that Mercury still really close to Neptune. So our thinking's not, not really clear at this time. But yeah, I just kind of think this is going to be a break for freedom for a lot of people. Um, and it's going to come with resistance. But, you know, sometimes you need to, you know, push back or assert your boundaries or do whatever. Yeah, when the sun sextiles Uranus, this is going to be happening on March 9th. And um, it's the same day as the Mars squares Uranus. So this is a lot of of Uranian energy. So if, if you feel like you want some more independence, want to, uh, you know, just, just raise, or I want to say level up, so I'm just going to say it, level up. This is also, a, you know, the sun is starting a new cycle with Uranus. And when these two are together, it, it that's what starts this new cycle and, uh, independence, freedom, innovative thought are all themes that could very well come up. I'm not so sure. I, I like that, that, that Pisces is there only because, we're at a time where we're going to need to, you know, with Pluto changing signs into Aquarius, we're going to need to get those innovative thoughts going. This is how the world, you know, has always moved forward and advanced. And I think Uranus is a lot to do with, you know, moving us forward as a, as a culture. Sun sextile Uranus on the 9th of March. This is taking a chance. It's, um, embracing change for the good uh really interesting we were talking about just 12 minutes prior we have mars square uranus so kind of like fighting for freedom here is this one uh sun sextile uranus kind of like you know embracing freedom and um your individuality what makes you you not being frightened to be yourself or show yourself i also noticed too even though they won't meet i mean jupiter is already at uh, 12 degrees of taurus but saturn is at 11 degrees of pisces at this time so they're very close to being sextile themselves and you have jupiter which is expansion and um saturn which is about you know restriction uh they're in a helpful aspect so you know i think for a lot of people it's going to be like these couple of days are all going to be about like expanding but not breaking important commitments and that actually it makes me think of a meme I saw once which is kind of like you know the thing to think about when you're juggling a lot of balls is knowing which ones are glass and which ones are rubber you know 
um, if that makes sense. <laughs> in my Pisces mind, it makes sense. In my Mercury Pisces mind, it makes sense. But yeah, you know, there's a struggle for freedom here, uh, some autonomy, some independence, but not necessarily throwing the baby out with the bathwater, I don't think. There's, you know, I, I think there's a lot of hope here. And um, the next aspect, I think, will be quite interesting. But look, what have we got? We've got, oh, we've got Saturn, we've got the Moon, we've got Sun, Neptune, and Mercury all in Pisces at the time that this aspect is exact. Um, yeah, it's just such a strong focus on Pisces, whatever um, natal house Pisces is at the time. Uh, have a look at that and also what's happening in your Taurus house because there might be a pull between well helpful aspects between those two houses and then wherever your Aquarius house is uh, that's where there may be some tension so but yeah uh, I think it's going to be an exciting time for a, a lot of people you know breaking free not necessarily completely free but making things more bearable for you as in like, you know, you're not feeling quite as restricted. You're given a little bit of autonomy within whatever that situation is. You may need to fight for it though, but I think it will be beneficial. And the next aspect we're going to talk about is Mercury will enter Aries. And Mercury is that planet of communication. It's finally separated uh, 10 degrees away from the sun. Um, it really needs to be 15 degrees at least I think 12 in order to get it get out from un, under the beams yeah. um so it might be still affected by by the sun here but moving into a new sign as I always say anytime a planet moves into a new sign this is a good time to journal and I would be journaling right around now this is uh we're we're starting to come upon a time of astrological significance we're coming into eclipse season pretty darn closely at this point we've got less than a month you know out from that eclipse that i'm concerned about um but so but this with the mercury entering aries is is going to be a little bit more aggressive type of speech more um or, or faster speech maybe a lot more communications especially here in Amer in the united states where it's political season and so we're going to be getting a lot of messages and some of them might be more on the aggressive side yeah it's um hmm very interesting um i think it's really interesting that we've had those prior aspects you know the mars square uh, uranus the sun sextile uranus and the jupiter saturn being quite close with um balancing out their sextile and we've had mercury in pisces where it's not strong it's been under the beams it's finally in a different sign at least it's not in detriment and in fall it is still under the beams. It's not got any special uh, dignity in um, Aries, but it's out from being in detriment and fall. That's helpful. Plus, I, I just, this seems to fit, you know, like Pisces is a little bit more self-sacrificing or can be, can be a little bit of a martyr sometimes. Um, this is, you know, 
Mercury and Aries, they're thinking about themselves. And I don't mean that in like, you know, all Mercury and Aries are egotistical or that, but this is focusing on, it is, it is a Martian sign. And, you know, Aries is, you know, focused on themselves. Um, to, I can say that I'm an Aries. <laughs> uh, but no, it, it's just a different vibe. You know, it's like, you know, maybe there's been like you've been putting others before yourself and thinking about others, and that's all very admirable. But, um, you know, it's like the, you know, when you're on the plane and they say, you know, for mask fall, you know, put your mask on first. You can't help anybody else unless, you know, you're, you know, it's no good helping everybody else put their mask on if you're going to pass out because you didn't put yours on. You know, what else do they say? Um, you can't fill from an empty cup. So, you know, this is kind of, I, I just think this really fits with the whole message of this thing. So, yeah, it's interesting. But, yes. Right, certainly is. Speech. Mm, maybe a bit blunt, too. And then the new moon in Pisces. Mm -hmm. Well, Jupiter can see it. So It'd be very helpful. interesting. you got Neptune right there with that new moon. Could be oh, a very idealistic new moon. Yeah hopefully or very confusing. hopefully a lot of creative stuff a lot of what sorry creative yeah creative yeah can't Will that be for the scorpions Pardon? yeah that'll be for the scorpion risings all that creativity so all you scorpion risings get your creativity hats and your your glitter and glue and whatever else you create with get it out because <laughs> that might be because the scorpions would be so good at what we need but they they go deep they're they're willing to go deep and that now that new moon's going to happen in the fifth house so you know it's this where you get that creative stuff coming from so you know i'm looking forward to the jetsons i want to see mm. those you know those drones flying through and uh the robot dogs <laughs> <laughs> Astro we already have you press a button and the food you know gets delivered so <laughs> yeah yeah i'm looking forward to the future i'd love i'd really like to see what it is and we're and with pluto changing the sign it's 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 getting me you know very much looking forward to the kind of innovative things that we're going to be living with in our lives hmm. so this is the time to start thinking at least if you're not doing something about think about it hmm that um new moon is sextile uranus again uranus is getting in on the act so it could be some surprises uh saturn and jupiter and jupiter is the ruler of this new moon um are kind of within about a degree is it a degree uh, it's close to two degrees of um a sextile which is nice mm, so yeah I, I think maybe issues to do with freedom and autonomy and balancing stability and dependability with expansion are maybe going to be themes going forward. And there may be some confusion with that. Um, but yes, it should be interesting. Sure. And I don't just mean, I don't want to say just, I just don't want to single out this, the scorpions. They have to have the, the heavy load because, you know, there's, um what would it be sagittarians can help with things about around the home and uh capricorns can think about if you're a teacher and a capricorn you know think about how new ways of 
teaching you know kids how to how to learn uh, it so it can it can go through all of them oh, but yeah. we're ready for it yes it will be interesting planets oh, and all the planets are peregrine except mars mm. that's interesting nothing out of bounds so that's helpful <laughs> that's the new moon coming up Not yes right now we have the full moon that we're going to get through so Linda, what are you doing and uh, what kind of services do you offer? How can people get a hold of you? I'm at Scullywag Astrology. That's astrology.scullywag.com. And I offer natal readings, relationship readings, and year ahead readings. And Donna, what services are you offering and where can people find you? Well, I offer as well natal readings and uh, horary readings as well as electional and uh, you can go on my website, which is donnabeastrology.com, and there's a list of, of most of my services. I also work with uh, crystal healing and working with um, energy healing, basically, is, is, is what. So I work with crystals on trying to get the chakras balanced and more in a line. So once... Once they are in a line, your body understands how to heal itself. So that's why I think that lining up your chakras is so important. And you can get a hold of me uh, at my website or through um, Facebook and uh, email as well. So Nice. Well, thank you for listening and thank you for your likes and your comments and your shares. And um, if you're listening on podcasts, we'd really appreciate it if you'd rate us. And um, we hope that the full moon's a good one for you. Thank you for watching and please hit the, the like button and feel free to share. We'd appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye.